This is Matthew Cratter from Bitcoin University, and today I wanted to talk about how to calculate Bitcoin transaction fees. This is a follow-up to yesterday's video, which I'll link to in the description notes below. It was called Stranded Sats, Stranded Satoshis, and UTXO Management. Management. Don't be scared of the name. It's a very important video to watch, especially before you watch this video. So the way Bitcoin mining works, as we've talked about many times, is a Bitcoin miner gets paid 6.25 Bitcoin to mine a block. That is until April of 2024 when we get the halving and this goes down to 3.125. Bitcoin miner gets 6.25 Bitcoin plus the transaction fees for every transaction that they include in a block that they win. And as that 6.25 Bitcoin trends to zero, getting halved every four years, miner revenue will consist more and more entirely of these transaction fees attached to transactions that the miner picks to include in that block, usually picks because of the how much they're paying in transaction fees. So what we don't want, we don't want transaction fees to be extremely low, whatever that is, and the free market will determine that level, but we don't want them to be too low if we value the security of the Bitcoin network. We can take a look at a recent block. This is block A24522, and we can see that the total transaction fees in this block were just over one Bitcoin. The subsidy plus fees, the subsidy is the 6.25, subsidy plus uh, 1.098 is 7.348, $320,000 to mine this block. So that gives you an idea of how the transaction fees are becoming a larger percentage of the total of the total revenues per block over time. Now in the old days, you could get your transaction included in a block in 2010, 2011, 2012 without paying any transaction fee. But today you do need to pay a transaction fee whenever you send Bitcoin using the Bitcoin network. And transaction fees, as we said, have been quite high for the past 10 or 11 months. In yesterday's video, we talked about what are called stranded sats, stranded satoshis. This is a chunk of Bitcoin or UTXO where it costs the same or more to send than the actual value in sats of the UTXO. UTXO is just an unspent transaction output. Don't be scared off by the name. It's just a chunk of Bitcoin that can be spent. So if, for example, you're in possession of a 50,000 sat UTXO and the transaction fee to send that UTXO in the Bitcoin network network is 50,000 sats, you basically have a stranded UTXO, stranded sats. There's no point in spending that UTXO, but even something lesser than that can be really bad. So if you have a 50,000 sat UTXO and the transaction fee paid to miners that you need to pay at current fee rates is 10,000 sats, that's still a 20,000. I'm sorry, that's still a 20% transaction fee, which is quite outrageous when you consider TradFi transaction fees or something like zero to 5%. If transaction fees go up over time as denominated in sats and satoshis, more and more Bitcoin UTXOs or chunks of Bitcoin may become stranded or underwater relative to potential future fees. And this is why it's important to consolidate or combine UTXOs into larger UTXOs when fee rates are still relatively low. If you try to combine these when fee rates have gone up and stayed up at a permanently high level, they may become unspendable. In other words, the transaction fees may eat up all of the Bitcoin that you own in those UTXOs. I want to emphasize one more time, transaction fees are not a percentage of the value transmitted. It's not like you spend, you send $100,000 worth of Bitcoin and you expect to spend 1% or 5% of that. That's not how, they're, not how they're calculated. They are a function, transaction fees are a function of how much data your transaction uses. And if you have lots of inputs, which you may, if you're combining lots of small UTXOs, if you have lots of inputs and outputs and signatures, etc., you will end up having to pay more for data. And this is a fairly designed system. The more space your transaction takes up, the more you pay in transaction 
fees. Here's how to estimate how much you might end up paying in transaction fees. There's a simple formula. You're basically multiplying transaction data in terms of virtual bytes or V-bytes times the fee rate, which is denominated in money per V-byte, in other words, sats per V-byte. And when you multiply these two, the numerator and denominator, the V-bytes cancel each other out, you're left with sats. You end up with a total transaction fee in Satoshi. So we're gonna do a concrete example of this. Before I do that, I would just ask if you're finding this video helpful, if you would please subscribe to the channel that really helps this channel's reach. Like this video if you haven't already. Leave a comment, a question, a suggestion for a future topic, something you want clarified from this video. And I'll also share this video with a friend that or a family member that might find it useful. So the first step in calculating how much you need to pay in transaction fees is to take a look at the Bitcoin address associated with your UTXO. And I think I've listed here the three most common or what will be the three most common types of Bitcoin addresses. You will have to Google if you're using a different one because I wanted to keep this short. Basically, if your transaction, if your Bitcoin address begins with BC1Q, it is one of these two SegWit addresses. It's either pay to witness public key hash or pay to witness script hash. If it has 42 characters in the Bitcoin address, you know it's PW, uh, P2WPKH. If it has 62 characters and begins with BC1Q, it's pay to witness script hash. And don't worry about understanding exactly what these means. You just need to categorize your Bitcoin address. And then the most recent type of Bitcoin addresses with the taproot upgrade are taproot addresses, P2, uh, pay to taproot. They begin with BC1P and they have 62 characters. Now, the reason you're going to need to know which of these, these to select is the drop down on the following page here. This is how you can you can calculate the potential size of a transaction in terms of how much data it takes up in terms of V-bytes. So if we're going to use the most common type here, the pay to witness public key hash, and uh, we'll basically select that from the drop down. Let's say we just have one input and then two outputs. So what we're looking at here is in the future, if I have a UTXO, how much is it going to cost to send it? Obviously, when you're doing UTXO consolidation or combination, you're going to have a, a lot more inputs. But this is just to give an idea of what level of UTXOs, what level of sats may become unspendable in the future. In your typical Bitcoin transaction, you're going to be sending some Bitcoin to someone. So you'll have one input, one UTXO, and the output will be one UTXO going to that person you're paying and one UTXO coming back to you as change. So in this case, if we dropped it, we do P2WPKH, and then we select one input and two outputs, we end up with approximately 141 V-bytes. And you can see how this changes. If you're using a taproot address, it'll be lower. You'll save a little bit of money if you're using an older address, address or if you're using multisig, it may be more expensive. But we're going to stick with approximately 141 V-bytes here for our, trans, our, our calculation. As we said, total transaction fees and sats is just the amount of data you're taking up times the fee rate per data. And so if we have a transaction in the future that's going to be 141 V-bytes and the fee rate is 10 sats per V-byte, you'll be paying 1,400 sats to send it. If the transaction fees are 50 sats per V-byte, you'll be paying 7,500 sats per V-byte, 70,000, and 5,000 sats per V-byte, you'll be paying 705,000 sats. If you only want to pay a 1% transaction fee on-chain for this theoretical UTXO when fee rates are at 500 sats per V-byte in the future, that means the minimum size UTXO you'd want to hold on-chain would be 7 million sats approximately, which is $3,000 today. That's a lot, of, a lot of money for most of the world's population. 
And the way we know this transaction is correct is if we look at a transaction where the sats are, the, the fee rate is 500 sats per V-byte, that's 70,500 sats transaction fee. You divide that into 7 million sats, and that's effectively a 1% transaction fee. If you only had 3 million sats, the transaction fee would be double that. It would be a 2% transaction fee, etc. So this is one way that you can back into what size UTXOs you are comfortable hand uh, holding on-chain. And again, on-chain is in many ways the best place to hold UTXOs and to hold Bitcoin. Not everyone probably will be able to hold stuff on-chain at a certain point. We'll have to migrate to higher layers like Lightning, Fediments, etc. But we will see that remains to be seen. What we want to do here is future-proof our own holdings. And this is why it's important to consolidate combined small UTXOs when fee rates are still relatively low. They're not one sat per V-byte anymore as they were at various points in the bear market, unfortunately, but they are still, I think, relatively low compared to where we should expect them to go because miners will need to be paid in the future and that miner block subsidy is no longer going to be taken care of it. So you combine UTXOs, you do UTXO consolidation, so you're prepared for a higher fee future. How to consolidate UTXOs we talked about in yesterday's video, I'll link to below. You select a few UTXOs and then send them to a fresh new Bitcoin address in the same wallet. As I discussed in yesterday's video, and I think I provide links in here as well, how to do it if you're using Ledger or Trezor or Cold Card or Jade, etc. I prefer to do this using the Sparrow wallet, which I link to in this video as well. Warning, when you combine UTXOs, there's something else to keep in mind besides the transaction fee, future transaction fee levels. It's also this issue of privacy. You may be leaking privacy when you combine UTXOs, especially if they come from different sources. So for example, do not combine KYC UTXOs where you basically bought them from an exchange and you've given your personal information and then you've withdrawn them to a Bitcoin address. And so that Bitcoin address is associated, at least in the exchange's eyes, with your personal information. Don't combine these with non-KYC, in other words, anonymous UTXOs. And I do discuss how to buy anonymous KYC, uh, anonymous non-KYC Bitcoin in my course, which I'll link to in the description notes below as well. Or you can just Google it and find some stuff online. Also, don't combine UTXOs from sources that you do not wish to be connected with each other on chain by those observing the blockchain like chain surveillance companies. So you obviously don't want them to see you combine KYC and non-KYC UTXOs, but it may be you have two, two different neighbors and you pay them different amounts or they've paid you different amounts. And one of them, if they're savvy, they can look up a transaction on chain and maybe even figure out how much Bitcoin you own or how much you're paying the neighbor. There's no reason to panic here thinking about a higher fee future. It's quite unlikely that, trans that transaction fees go from 10 sats to 50 sats to 5,000 sats per V-byte in a straight line or over a short period of time. And this is because this is a free market, the transaction fee market is. And when transaction fee rates spike, demand for block space falls, especially as people choose to do fewer on-chain transactions, especially people holding smaller UTXO sizes, stranded sats that are below the current fee levels. And this lack of demand then can help to bring transaction fees back down, at least theoretically. In another video, we're going to talk about the ongoing, uh, what you might call spam attack on Bitcoin blocks, which is a whole nother, whole nother rabbit hole that I hope to cover soon. The nice thing about transaction fees is that they do adjust based on market demand for block space at any given point in time. And nothing cures high prices like high prices via demand destruction because fee rates are so high. 
Here's another way to save some money on transaction fees that I think I mentioned yesterday as well. Be willing to wait a while to get your transaction included in a block. Maybe wait an hour or two or 24 hours. And I'll show you in mempool.space how this is calculated. You will almost always have to pay a much higher fee rate in order to get your transaction included in the next 10 minute block. But by being willing to wait, you can save a lot of money in transaction fees. So for example, as I'm recording this, high priority, which is basically to get your, to try to get your transaction in the next block. And again, there's no guarantees here. Miners pick whatever transactions they wanna pick, but obviously they're trying to maximize transaction fee revenue as well. So high priority would be the next block. Medium priority would be two or three blocks out. Uh, and then low priority. These are all approximations. No priority right now would be 40 sats per V-byte. And if you bid less than 23.5 sats per V-byte, you will get purged from most mempools. And again, every node has its own mempool. If you wanna see what sort of fees have been in the last few blocks, you can look on this side. These are blocks that have already been mined on the right side here. And in this latest block, people paid a fee anywhere from 40 sats per V-byte to 399 sats per v-byte occasionally you might see a one sat per v-byte transaction and that may be being included by a friend of the miner or they may be including their own transactions there there can be reasons for very low transaction fee rates and over here you can look at the top of these blocks to get an idea of what it might cost to get included in one of these blocks 50 sats per v-byte 37 35 35 and so by waiting just 42 minutes 30 to 40 minutes here you can save 15 sats per v-byte and again this is just a forward-looking service all of a sudden transaction fees, everyone might enter the mempools and bid things up. So this is just an estimator, but it can give you an idea of where transaction fee rates are at the moment. So the first step is to begin to consolidate your really small UTXOs when fees are low. And yesterday I showed you in Sparrow Wallet how to apply the transaction fee slider to see what a reasonable fee rate is to pay for a given UTXO. So again, watch yesterday's video if you didn't see that. I would say in general, try not to hold any UTXOs less than 500,000 sats on chain if you can help it, maybe 200,000 sats at the bare minimum. But if you can get up to 500,000 sats or a million sats, I think you future-proof yourself much better. Do not withdraw amounts from the exchange less than 500,000 sats, I would say. The thing to consider here is there may be some custodian risk while you leave your Bitcoin on an exchange and wait for it to get up to 500,000 sats. This is again, one of the many trade-offs that we're gonna have to make in a high fee environment. So I would say don't withdraw amounts from the exchange less than 300, 400, 500,000 sats. If you can get up to a million sats, that's even better. Or you can always choose to withdraw to a non-custodial lightning wallet like Phoenix if the exchange offers that option. Again, this will really depend on the size of your Bitcoin stash. So don't be discouraged if you're a small hodler. There are going to be tools that are going to make it easier to jump between on-chain, liquid, lightning, custodial, non-custodial, fediments, state chains, etc., and other ways of holding your Bitcoin. And I'll certainly be covering those tools here as they emerge and become more widely available. But I think now is a very good time to do some UTXO consolidation. I've been meaning to talk about this for a while, and I was surprised myself how high fees have gotten over the past 10 or 11 months. But now is not a bad time, I think, to consolidate those UTXOs and begin to at least think about these issues. Look at what you're holding. Learn how to at least see what size UTXOs you're holding in your wallet. That's a very important step. And I talked about that in yesterday's video. It's very easy to do in Sparrow, but I think you can also do it in Trezor or on Ledger. Obviously, if you're using a cold card or Blockstream Jade, you'll want to hook that up to Sparrow Wallet and do it that way. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to hit that subscribe and like buttons. Hit the notification bell if you want to be notified when I publish my next video. And let me know your questions and comments in the comment section below. 
Thanks all for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.